Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okay, today we are talking about the 10th episode of the third season called The Underground Job. Beth, what did you think? Did it steal your soul? Probably first <sighs> Look, I don't know if it stole my soul. Look, it was fine. It was fine, yeah. This episode was fine. It had some cute moments. It had, like, a detestable villain, which we love. You know, all these things. Had um, sad you know, death of a parent in, like, the first mm-hmm. five minutes. Yeah. You know, all of those things. As soon as they mentioned the kid's birthday, I was like, oh, they're not making it to the kid's birthday. Mm, <laughs> I've watched too much Supernatural to know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it was fine. I, I think last week's episode was such a high. Yeah. And this week I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just leverage. It's a leverage episode. It's, it was fine. It's like, a good it's leverage good. episode, but it's just a leverage episode. Like, it's not... Yeah, exactly. What I do want to say, though, is now last week when I made my predictions, I'm not going to lie. I did consider that it could be mining related. And I did not suggest that because I thought, nah, that's too obvious. (laughs) And now I feel like a bit of a tool. So retroactively, I'm just putting it out there. You can believe me or not. I did think it could be mining. And I just... The issue is you Decided never verbally said it. that. Yeah, so... Like, if you'd gone, oh, I think it might be mining, but that's really obvious. I'm... Yeah, yeah, I played myself, I'm aware. So, look, you can believe me if you'd like. You cannot believe me. doesn't really change anything. Point is, I did think it. I'm just dumb. Okay, so I I have many places I want to go. Do you have somewhere you would like to start today? Or are you... Oh, I have a very quick point about maths. Yeah. This is just something that's very tangential. There's no real discussion to be had about it, except that when they're talking about the kid's birthday, one of the gentlemen goes, how old's he turning? 13? And the other goes, nah, 14. I'm like, okay, so the kid's 14. That seems pretty explicitly canonized. And then later in the episode, quote, two years later. Yeah. Right. So the two numbers we're working with are 14 and two. Right. Thank you. Keeping up (laughs) with me thus far. Yeah. Elliot asks Corey, the child, previously mentioned 14, two years ago. How old are you? And Corey says, 18. Now, I'm not good at math, but I'm pretty sure that math ain't mathin'. He lied about his age. Yes, I did assume that. That's why we get given the specific numbers, so we know that, he that legally he's not allowed to work, yes. so he is lying about yes. his age so yes. that he can support yes. his mother and sister. Yes, and I understood this. However, what did surprise me was that it was not brought up again. And also, at the end of the episode, the dude who became the supervisor didn't immediately put a stop to that. What gets me, though, about that ending scene, though, right, is Elliot is like, look after this kid, as if he hadn't been invited to this kid's birthday party two years earlier. Yeah, this is like, this is the thing. He was the one invited to the birthday. He knows how old the kid is. Mm. So I'm like, my bro... Like, unless you're really bad at math. Like, last I checked, 14 plus 2 was not, in fact, 18. It is, in fact, 16. I feel 16. like I said 15 at the start of the episode. I mean, even so. I mean, it's math definitely still 17, math like... Math still ain't mathin'. Anyway, that was my very quick point that I wanted to make. But other than that, no, I have no idea where I'd like to start. Where would you like to start? I want to start with how terrifying is Sophie. Because... Mm. Like, they're, okay, they have the, I I really enjoy it, where Parker's like, oh, well, she had this weird closed-door meeting with Blackpool? No. Blackwell. Blackwell. Mm-hmm. Forget this. Look at me correcting yeah. you. How the tables, tables. Parker's like, oh, well, she had this, like, 
weird three o'clock meeting with Blackwell. It was closed door and it sounded like they were working out. Mm -hmm. Hilarious that like Sophie is like having to half clarify and then Hardison's like, no, they they were fucking. Like they were a hundred percent fucking. (laughs) That is exactly what's happening here. And then the look on Sophie's face when she's like, and Parker's like, oh well that does that help at all? And she's like, I can do everything with that. Like that is I Sophie looks like someone like she looks like a cat that has just caught the mouse, you know? Yeah. Like she's, she's like, like, ha, 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 like ha, 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 you know? She yeah, she is just like I know that like as soon as that relationship between Blackwell and um I forget the police Pierce, yes. Look at me go. It's what Barbara Pierce? I have no idea. Brenda Pierce? I remembered Pierce. What more can you ask of me, honestly? But no, so she knows as soon as she learns that the relationship between Pierce and Blackwell is not just like platonic business. Platonic business, like, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can literally do whatever the fuck I want here. I know. I have two notes on this. Mm. Number one note is that I love when Sophie uses the knowledge that men are stupid and horny to her advantage. We love to see it, right? But the other thing is that we off podcast have talked a lot about Mastermind, the Taylor Swift song, in relation to Sophie and specifically her relationship with Nate. And you have specifically told me that it will only become more mind-blowing as I continue to watch the series. This discussion between Sophie and Parker when she's explaining to her about the grift Mm -hmm. and she's like a good grift is like a romance and like she's going through the thing I was like fuck me mastermind Taylor Swift core like look when I said that is like the innate Sophie song of all time yeah you weren't like obviously if anyone has like a more innate Sophie song let me know like mm-hmm. hit me up with that recommendation but or like also any more sophie song cuz like i think you'd be hard pressed if you haven't listened to it i highly suggest you go out and listen to mastermind yeah if anyone hasn't heard of taylor swift <laughs> you you heard it here first they first. might just not have bothered <laughs> listening to the new album or whatever oh, yeah i know regard like if you have not listened to that song or you don't remember that song listen to it and listen to the lyrics specifically because mm-hmm. holy shit is that Sophie energy. Sophie, I don't leave my personal encounters up to chance, Devereaux Coden. Mm-hmm. Like, it is wild. It is a wild time. Like, I have never listened to a song and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that is absolutely, like, these yeah. two characters. I'm the wind like, in our free-flowing sails and the liquor in our cocktails. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Sophie. You know, everything's fucking What if I told you none of it was accidental and the first time that you saw me, I knew that I wanted... Yeah. Like, yeah. fucking hell. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. The lyrics are just... Especially the bit where they're like, you know, so so I told you none of it was accidental and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's like, um, and like they basically just smirk and it's like you knew the whole time. You knew that I was a mastermind. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I fucking hate that I like Nate and Sophie. But this song, ooh, it, 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 it's good, good it content. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But no. <laughs> like, and... Sophie is just, she is terrifying. And then she's like, she doesn't even have to try. She just calls him Danny and makes a reference to how maybe they're sleeping together. Mm -hmm. And Pierce flies straight in. Because, like, Pierce Pierce knows that men are stupid and horny. Yeah. She's the, like, she didn't get to her position by chance. Yeah. Like, she knows that men are stupid and horny. And so she's, like, hook, line, and sinker. Like, 
This is like the first time Sophie's weaponized the knowledge that men are stupid and horny. Like, like not like, but like weaponized somebody else's knowledge yeah. of men being stupid. She's and not horny. taking advantage of no. it herself. She's just knowing that other people will make the same jump to conclusions. You know, yeah. Like, and she is terrifying. Mm-hmm. And like, also we do have uh, Parker grifting in this episode, which is always a fun time. Yes, I love it. And Sophie is terrifying as she's instructing Parker because the line about stealing their souls. Not too far off of what Sophie normally actually does. Yeah. Like, Parker is, yes, jumping to some wild assumptions about what she was about to say. But, like, also, it does fit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's a jump, but it's not, like, you know... She's not just picking a random word out of a hat. She's, like, like going over a hurdle. She's not throwing herself across the Grand Canyon, you know? Like, Like, there's a jump and there's a jump. Like, you know... (laughs) Which we do get Parker grifting this episode, which I love dearly. I love when Parker gets to grift. She nailed it. She nailed it. She's a <laughs> grifter now, though she's not allowed to keep the money, which is like personally devastating to her. Mm-hmm. Like she looks so sad when they remind her, like you don't yeah. get to keep the money. She's like, um, excuse me. I stole her I soul. Did all of the hard work. <laughs> I got the money. I stole her soul. But like she just, I particularly love the double entendre when she says, "I'm in." Because, like, she's saying I'm in to the lady, yeah. but she's also saying I'm in, like, I've got her. Yeah. And I'm like, beautiful, iconic, love that play on words. She really is just doing the most. Mm-hmm. And her obsession with the marked hair. Oh, I know. Is very Parker of her. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like, yep, people just love your hair. That's that's why the polls are good. It's your hair. And, like, anytime like, Pierce has her back to Parker, Parker's, like, reaching. Uh-huh. She's, like... She, she just wants to touch the hair, which, like... It's such a fun little addition. Yeah. Like, it didn't have to be there, but I'm so glad that it is. Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to quickly mention Parker's um, autistic coding. Very strong this episode. Very strong this episode. Particularly what stood out to me was at the end, her going and having the nap. Yeah. Like, she's been, just, like, so overstimulated and, like, masking so mm-hmm. hard and, like, she just needs to go fucking recharge and just be left alone, like... And I do love that they made the decision to sort of treat it like that mm-hmm. and have it be like, oh, yeah, no, Parker could absolutely be a normal human being if she wanted to. But why the fuck would she put in the effort because it's exhausting? Mm-hmm. Like, like if Parker wanted to act like everybody else, she could. Mm-hmm. But also... But it's way harder for her to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, the amount of energy that she would have to put into masking... Like, is just exhausting. And it's not worth it. Like, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I don't think there's anything really more to elaborate on. Like, I just, I liked that they did it. And I liked that when she went to, like, lie down and, like, be in that safe space, I liked that it was in the van. I liked that I she also knew like the blanket that, and the pillow. Yeah, were, like, Hardison like, just has those things there for her. And maybe not specifically for her. But, but for like, use by the crew. Yeah. yeah. And I liked that, like, he was part of that safe space for her as well. Like, she was able to let her guard down and be vulnerable and, like, nap in yeah. that space. Like, I was just like, that is actually such a show of vulnerability. And I love that she still managed to terrify Hardison as she did it, though. I know. Incredible. <laughs> like, her range. I hope that she does have a little notebook on all of them, honestly. Yeah. Love it. I mean, it's probably more like a mental little, like, notepad, yeah. but... And also the thing is, I think at this point, like, she stopped actively keeping notes like that on them. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, the first season she was, like, obsessively keeping notes about all of them. 
in her head because she didn't know if she could trust them. And so now it's like she just knows. I think it's also one of those things where it's like when you spend a lot of time with people, you just get to know their like little quirks and like you just you don't necessarily mean to in this case i would suggest she did try to but it's like that time when you and naomi made fun of me because apparently when i don't like things i will be like oh yeah that's like fine and (laughs) you guys ripped me a new one because i said something was i was like oh you know it's fine and you guys both made such fun of me and i was like what it is it's fine you guys were like no that means you don't like it bethany and i was like what do you mean yes i do you were like no you don't you always say that when you don't like it and so i think that it's just like when you know people well you spend a lot of time with them like you get to know these things about them you know their mannerisms you know their like verbal you know and it makes sense that in parker's case she would know it as in like, oh, well, you touch your chin every two and a half minutes mm-hmm. because she's using the same observation skills on the team that she'd normally make for a security system. Yeah, which is the same thing Sophie says to her when she's talking about grifting. She's like, yeah. approach it like you would approach, you know, security. Yeah. And what's super interesting is that it's like when actually talking about the autistic coding, when Sophie and Parker like are talking and they're trying to figure out something they can use and Sophie's like, no, 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 stuff that like a normal person, person would, would notice, not yeah. you, like anyone. And Parker's like struggling to be like, you know, she's like, she's got a sweet tooth and it's like, how would we use that, Parker? Yeah. And But like for her, it Did you hear out. the other one that she points out? No. So the first one that she points out is that she mixes her blue and black pens like in the same cup. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, colour separation and stuff. Like, yeah, that's, like, another thing. And it's really it's really fun to see these, like, things with Parker because they are never the butt of the joke. No. Like, it's And it's also they don't hit of, like, you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. She's just allowed to be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always just, like, yeah, that would be the kind of thing that Parker would notice. Mm-hmm. Like, and I like that it ties into her skill set as a thief. Like, it is very much, like... The fact that she notices these tiny little discrepancies that quote-unquote normal people wouldn't is the thing that makes her, or part of what makes her so incredible at what she does. Because it's that, like, attention to detail and, like, pattern recognition Mm -hmm. that other people don't necessarily innately have, that would have to train themselves in and still may not be as good at Mm -hmm. as she is without even trying. Yeah. You know? And, like, I I like that it's an asset for her and not, like, a... A weakness somehow, you know? You don't see it very often. Mm. And it's nice when you do. And I mean, stealing souls is just exhausting. Everyone knows that. As a redhead, yeah, I know all about it. Well, I also do kind of love this episode because we we get a return of a couple of my favourite Elliot-specific things. Mm. One is Elliot can twirl anything Spencer with the pickaxe. Oh, my God, yes. He's just twirling. And the other one is... Oh, Elliot's just a blank now. Anytime he goes undercover, it's like, oh, Elliot's just a chef now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Elliot's just a... Like... I fucking love... He's just a minor now. He's like, I'm not leaving them one down. Yes. Like, I am yes. finishing the fucking shift. Elliot is such a team player, and yeah. I love it. Like, it's not even his fucking job, and he's still like... Yeah, and it's so consistent now with, like, every single time that he has played a role. Like, this has been his mentality. He's like, no, if I'm going to be here and I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to half-ass it. And, like, I loved him being determined to finish his scheduled shift so that they're not understaffed. Like, it's it's so... Unnecessary, but... Unnecessary, but I love it because, yeah, like, 
any other like media or character or whatever, you would just watch them walk out yeah. of the, you know, understaffed, you know, catering company or whatever. Yeah. And like they'd throw their apron in a dumpster and they'd get out of there. Not yeah. Elliot. Elliot's like, no, no, I can serve table 12. Like, yeah. what do you need? You need water? I can bring you water. Like he is on it. Elliot's like, I could be doing the rest of this, like, baseball-related con, but instead I'm going to play the rest of the season out. Yeah, like, I'm because not leaving I'm a good down. team member. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I I love Like, like no, I haven't had time to search the house for money. I have to cater for 300 people. Yeah, like, have you tried my stuffed mushrooms? They're pretty good, like fresh lemon, you know? Anyway, I just adore this little facet of his character because it's so... Like, yeah, it's kind of unnecessary, but I think it just, it makes, kind of like the lemon juice, you know, it just brightens it all. Like, it makes it that little bit, it heightens it. And I just think it's so fun, like, and it shows his loyalty, but I think it also shows his priorities. Because it's not just about, like, okay, like, actually, this episode is a fantastic example. It's not just about bringing down the evil people, right? Yeah. It wasn't about, like, they weren't going to just shut down the mine and be like, haha, you're not making money anymore. Because they also realised that that is, like, the income of the majority of that whole town. Like, they are trying to take down the bad guy, yeah, but not at the expense of all the good people who are just trying to earn a fucking living, who are unfortunately employed by the shit people. Yeah. Like, they want it to be a win-win. And I think that that is really well exemplified by Elliot, in, you know, these situations where he's like, yeah, like, the point is to bring down the head of the mining co, but, like, also, I, like, I don't want to make these guys do the extra manual labor that will be required if I'm not there for them to meet their target, you know? Or, like, yeah, I'm not going to leave the catering staff with not enough mushrooms, or I'm not going to leave the guys from the baseball team hanging without anyone to fill in if someone sprains their ankle, you know? Like, it, it's such a fun little, like, microcosm of like basically the mentality that surrounds the rest of the cons that they're running you know mm. sorry i'm really passionate about that for yeah, a second you did it, i love <laughs> it. it it is great oh i did also love the convenient off switch on the bomb mm. and elliot being so proud of himself and the boom and like honestly fucking peak sibling energy like yeah. just like the <laughs> it's the I same comment. thing as when you're like you, you know you're like oh hey sibling Mm -hmm. Can you watch me as I reverse to make – like, if you're backing up into, like, a trailer or something. Mm -hmm. And they, they, they'll they go, back it up, back it up, back it up. Bang! Just, just kidding. Like, it, yeah. it's that. Or they, like, throw their hand up over their mouth yeah. and, like, oh, my God. Okay, I have a question for you. Do you refer to your sibling – like, do you ever just call them sibling? Or, like – Okay, I – So, my nickname for my sibling is Sister Unit. That's fun. I love yeah. that. See, I literally, genuinely, unironically refer to my brother as sibling or – bro and apparently i'm a minority no i i don't sibling and bro obviously don't really fit with me and my sister obviously so she's well, sister works. unit well and I, then if we're talking about mum and dad they're like mother unit and father unit oh no yeah. i literally just i will be like hey sibling and then he's like hey and like that's how we interact but apparently that's weird. I keep seeing posts on Tumblr being like, oh, you know when you're reading a book and you can tell the author doesn't have siblings because they call their siblings sibling or bro? I'm like, oh, is that not how you're supposed to interact? <laughs> Don't look at me. I, I call I, my sister a sister, you know. Anyway, that is so unrelated. Actually, while we're talking about Elliot's energy, he does yeah. also have intense dad energy this episode. He's literally like, he sees the child. Mm -hmm. He's like, I am going to adopt this child. Mm-hmm. And then... End of thought. Yeah. <laughs> it's so... 
I look, I know, especially last episode, we really threw around a lot of loose terminology in terms of like supernatural characters yeah. and coding. But God, the Dean coding. Just in that moment, I was like, yeah. fuck me. Nate has all of the Sam coding. Yeah. And then Ellie gets a lot of the Dean coding. Yeah, but it's so funny that you say that because honestly, I would say Hardison is typically the most Dean coded, but like in a I'll different just way. You wait. In a different way. Like, what is interesting is I think they're all, like, I think Elliot and Harvison both have Dean coding, but in very different areas. Yeah. Like, Elliot definitely has the, like, I will adopt any small child yeah. mentality, you know? We will also, look, of the team, mm. having seen the entirety of the show, Elliot has way more Dean coding than... See, it's so funny you say that because I was I also have a note that says that um, Harvison using the homemade, like, meter thing yeah. has such homemade emf meter energy but yeah. also it did look like you know do you remember the like hot wheels toy and it was like a speed gun no oh my god they were like f- so fucking popular they were on like every ad for fucking months one year i think they won i think it won toy of the year at some point when we were like children and i remember all of the ads and they were like this bright orange speed gun thing and it was hot wheels because it had flames on it and, like, the idea was that you could, like, see how fast the little Hot Wheels were going on the track. I just have vivid memories of the ads. My mum didn't really let us watch TV. That's fair and valid. But, yeah, I, I like the little, like, wibbly-wobbly sounds that it makes. It's, like, <laughs> it gave me kind of, like, sonic screwdriver. I was Dr. just going to say Doctor Who. You said wibbly-wobbly, like, so obviously I thought about David Tennant. Yeah. yeah. Which we didn't actually get any, like, disappointing episode. No Doctor Who aliases this episode. Do you know what we did get, though? Giant bow ties. We did. Yeah, because I had a note that said stupid hat's been replaced with stupid ties. Yeah. <laughs> Which, how do you feel about the hats now that we've had last episode that explains the hats? I cannot believe that hats are genetic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of implies that it's not like they didn't make the choice to put on the hats. No, it just sprouted from the top yeah. of the head. Yeah. They were like, this character needs this hat. It's actually um, a really specific recessive phenotype mm, that yeah. only people of Nate's bloodline you got to be Irish. <laughs> anyway, speaking of hats, mm. I actually have a tangent that we can go on to. I oh, want to talk to you. Look at that. Pre-thought-out tangent. Yeah, do you know what's really funny is I know we don't script any of this, but sometimes you just the, the thoughts connect. So, PPE. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I know a lot of the plot of this episode was about how the mine was not safe. And that was kind of the whole point. Like they got a lot of money. They were supposed to make it safer and they just didn't. My God, no one is wearing goggles. No one is wearing a mask. They have hard hats mostly, but they don't look like they fit very well. I'm like, my dudes, no one's even wearing a fucking high vis vest. I, uh, yeah. In fact, everyone is dressed like they're a Winchester. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, like, wild. To quote Cass in a season you haven't seen yet, they look like lumberjacks. I... <laughs> we are going to get to a point and I'm going to tell you about lumberjukes. Because okay. that, is, that, that, is, that, is, that is a choice. Is it? <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we're definitely going to get to lumberjukes. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Okay. I believe you. You're blinking very rapidly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, my general note was that everyone should be wearing way more PPE than they are. It's something of a safety hazard. 
Unsurprisingly. Yeah, and again, the idea is that the safety money was meant to go to buy... Things like PPE. Things like PPE, and then it went... And ventilators and... Proper support for the mind so that it doesn't just randomly collapse. Just, you know, silly things like that. Nothing important. Mm -mm. I really love the line where they realise that basically what Blackwall is planning is to destroy the mine, bankrupt the entire town, and then just start again. Yeah. And Nate goes, okay, well, how we deal with this is we convince them that you're a greedy, lying bitch. Because, I don't know, just something about the delivery of that line I really enjoy. It's wild hearing the word bitch on leverage. Like, I'm so used to it in Supernatural. Yeah. But I feel like, I just, it feels like illegal. You know? Like, I'm like, that feels like it should have been bleeped. Like, it just... We don't, we don't often get expletives of any nature. And we had, it, like, actually a few – because we also get, like, you cheating bastard mm-hmm. and, like, we – like, yeah. obviously it's still a TV show, so we're not getting bloody fuck or anything Yeah, they're like not that. dropping F-bombs. This isn't, like, you know, this is still free to air, so. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it just felt a little bit more expletive than normal. And, like, I, I'm not a complaint. I was just surprised. I did like that we had sort of the flip where it was like, oh, no, we're going to convince them that you are actually the problem because normally they desperately need the mark to believe everything Sophie says. Yeah. And, like, this time and it normally, kind of hinged on unraveling yeah. her. Yeah. And normally if they're going to have the flip be that they have to realise that somebody's crooked, they make it Nate mm-hmm. who's the problem. Yeah. Because Nate Which is annoying. Sense. Yeah. Also, like, here in this particular episode as well, I forgot to mention because I was so distracted by uh, the talk of genetic hats, but he looks like a magician. Like, what was with the suit? Like, I have seen some cheap-looking, ill-fitting suits in my time. You've met Jimmy Papadopoulos. I've seen Supernatural. Uh, (laughs) But, and yes, obviously Jimmy Papadopoulos. But, like, this one in particular just somehow screamed, like, the party shop Dracula, you know? Or, like... You know, the last magician available. Like, he looks more like a magician than he did in the top hat job. I'm confused. Like, I don't... The only thing that was missing for me was a cape. Like, if he'd had a cape, I would have been like, yeah, you're going to a children's party. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I didn't actually... Like, I didn't think the suit was good, but I didn't get magician from it. You know what I mean? It just doesn't fit. I'm, not, I'm not disputing me. that, to be fair. I'm just saying that the vibe I got was not magician. It's, well, I think maybe the bow tie was what threw mm. me to magician. But, yeah, that's just the vibe the vibe that I got. Also, he's yelling about crimes again, and he's not even trying to be subtle mm. about it. And I get that he's on a mining site, but he literally walks out of the office and then just starts yelling. And I was like, bro. You couldn't have waited to get to the car to give them the update? Right, like, right, like... My dude, you're right outside their window. Like, I also want to say, though, I do love that in this episode, they let Pierce get fucking pissed. Like, and obviously she's pissy about nothing because he didn't cheat on her or anything like that. But she doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. And they let her get pissy. Yeah. She is like... A woman scorned. She is... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also love that they show her intelligence. Because, like... As soon as, like, Sophie's, like, trying desperately to, like, leave because she knows that something's gone wrong and she's like, we need to get out of here right now. And um, Pierce is like, hang on a fucking minute. She's like, you're not going anywhere. And they have that whole back and forth. And she's like, no, I don't trust anything that you say. Like, you know, 
And obviously she doesn't suspect that Parker is betraying her. No. But I do love that she gets a one-off on Sophie because we rarely see that happen either. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I love this. And, like, obviously I still wanted her to be taken down. But I enjoyed that, like, we got to see her, like, actually stand a chance at coming out on top in a way that most of the marks, especially secondary marks, don't usually get. I also think it's also, like, I think part of the reason why she's more of a challenge for Sophie is a lot of what Sophie relies on is men being stupid stupid and horny and underestimating her. Uh-huh. So when confronted with a female villain... Who is, has proven herself to be very capable in her own right. And also capable of manipulating other people to get what she wants, because mm-hmm. that is how she got into her position of power. Actually, that's a really interesting point. It's it's grifting in a different way. Yeah. Like, Sophie is grifting in the sense of, like, criminal like in, yeah. intent. But the way that Pierce is grifting is she's still manipulating people into getting what she wants. It's just in a way that is more socially acceptable and we determine as politics. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's just, it is absolutely wild. I do love when they run two people against each other, though. I do think it is very fun. I don't know. This episode, just like, I feel like, I feel like this episode is a good episode. I quite enjoy it. But like, I just feel like there's not a lot here to discuss. There's really Like, it's a very simple episode. Like, I really do love that they let Parker be all of the autistic coding this week. Mm-hmm. Like, just all of it simultaneously. And I love that none of it feels like they're trying to make a point or anything. They just let her be. Yeah. Which I love. I think what's interesting about this episode is that we don't get any new information about the characters. But it really kind of exemplifies everything we know about their characters thus far far if that mm. makes sense and i think especially after last week's episode where it was like we got the shocking reveal about jimmy and yeah. like you know everything was a bit turned on its head it's I a think, nice little lull yeah in terms of like an episode progression and like the overarching vibe of the season i think that it feels like a good place to have this kind of episode where we just get to see the team just work well together like there's no kind of inter-team tension the way that there was last week and you know like we don't have any mention of nate's drinking or like it's just a very it's it's as much as leverage doesn't really have filler episodes as such. It's like every episode is simultaneously a filler episode and also not. Yeah, but this is a more filler episode yeah. than usual. Like we just kind of get to see the characters doing their jobs, doing it well. Like there's little fun bits of humor. We get to see Parker stepping out of her comfort zone. We get to see like little cute bits of partisan. We get to see like. Elliot immediately adopting a child. Yeah, you know, we get to see Nate playing an annoying, like, Mm. you know, business person. You know, we have, like, a fun fight sequence and we get, like, Hardison's tech being interesting. We get Sophie being excellent as always. Like, we get all the things that we like. Yeah. But nothing huge is happening that furthers discussion, which does make our job a little tricky. Because we basically sit here and go, I love this, well, I love this, well, I love this, well, I love this. And it's hard to have a discussion mm. on anything deeper than that. Um, but I think we can all agree on one thing. Everyone the cheating unionize? No, let the cheating bastard suffocate. Oh, so those two things. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which we did watch this episode together. We didn't do a live reaction because there's really no reason to. Yeah. There's nothing so monumental that... Bethany or I would have like a significant audible reaction. But I did look over in the (laughs) 
the monologue, the evil villain monologue, where he's going, well, I don't want to pay these people anyway. Like, why am yeah. I paying them? Like, it's so hard to make a profit these days. And, like, yeah. the unions and this, that, the other. And Bethany looked horrified. Yeah. Like, her face. <laughs> I'm very expressive, okay? That's great. Except for we run an audio-only podcast. I know. And, like, look... I try and get as much of my... I try and make my tone as expressive as my face normally is to make up for it. But in this particular instance, I had no words. I only had my face. And my note was in all caps, just the word unionize. We have unions for a reason. Support workers strike. Sounding awfully close to a PSA. Do you know what? Yeah. (laughs) I'll take it. Mm. I've just got like a couple of points left. If you've got a couple, do we want to just speed around or are you tapped out? Alright, so, first quick thing I want to talk about, those special effects. They've not aged well, nothing really else to say about it. I actually do have something to say about it. Do you? Yes, because I just want to say, for the record, I originally watched Leverage on a laptop. Uh Uh-huh. And every other time I've watched Leverage up to now has been on a laptop. And I watched it on an actual TV screen for the first time today. Specifically this episode. So I have watched other episodes on an actual TV. Like I had the DVDs at home Mm -hmm. previously. Now I don't have a DVD player. But I had previously watched episodes on an actual TV that was larger in screen size than my laptop. But on the laptop, the special effects do not look that bad. Yeah. And then you look at them on a TV screen and you're like, oh. Yeah. This is, like, how I used to get confused when I read fanfic because I was like, why does everyone say Dean has freckles? What fucking freckles? And it was because I was watching Supernatural off dodgy websites on my laptop and now that I watch it, like, from a streaming service in HD on a TV screen, I'm like, oh, yeah, he does have freckles. (laughs) I just couldn't see them before. Like, and obviously I knew that it wasn't, like, a, a wow, but it's like, oh, no, you can tell how fake those rocks are when they're bigger. yeah. Yeah, is this why sometimes when we come to recordings and I'm making fun of special effects and you're like, okay, but... And I'm like, really? Is that because you're watching it on your laptop? Yeah, probably. There you go. (laughs) So we can agree. Look, they're fine. For the time, I'm sure they were great. Yeah. Nowadays, with what we're They're perfectly serviceable. Yeah. It's okay. We understand what's happening. Like, they're not so bad that it makes you go, huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like... A very visual response. Like, they don't make you stop and go, ooh, that was bad. Yeah. Like, except for that one... I'm not laughing about how bad it is, except for that one tiny little puff of flame from that (laughs) That one is actually bad. Yeah. The fucking flipping car to, like... (laughs) That remains the worst special effect I've ever seen. That one I did laugh at. (laughs) But, like, generally they're fine. Generally they've aged pretty well. It's just that one in particular that has not... But... Yeah, so I, that was that was just a note that I had. Um, special effects, love heart eyes, cry laughing face emoji. I think that sums it up. I also loved the note where Hardison says, see, now y'all are just making stuff up. And I was like, mm. my thoughts exactly, Hardison. Thank you so much for representing me in this That's moment. in reference to the when they were like, no, we're going to run the Skagway shuffle. Which, like, mm-hmm. Nate and Sophie are, like, eerily on the same page this episode. I know. Like, they're it's- just so in sync. And I, like, love it for them. Like, they deserve to be in sync after everything. It scares me, though. Like, you know, you were saying before yeah. Sophie's scary. It's scarier when she's paired with Nate and they're c- 
compatibly like working because together. they are terrifying working together yeah i'm so i would not want to be on their bad side and i am also just so sad on parker's behalf because she just really wanted to, to be, be the, the fiddle. fiddle i know it's so fucking cute can i be the fiddle <laughs> no like peak incredible that parker be the fiddle 2k23 like yeah exactly um, that was actually my my other note was that I love Parker's comment on the fiddle. The only other thing I had was that I totally picked that Nate was recording the conversation, yeah. but I don't think that that was a giant leap to make. So I'm not going to pat not myself like, on the back for it. It's not like smoke and mirrors. No. Like they, they did obviously obscure some things so that you have the nice payoff of like oh that's what they were doing. Oh, that's what they were doing. But like it. You could pick that he was very pointedly asking. Mm-hmm. And, like, we had earlier in the episode yeah. Elliot putting the thing in there. Like, it wasn't, yeah. you know, it was not And also we've science. had this one before in the studio job. So it's, like, it's not a new tactic. Yeah, exactly. We know that the team will use their, like, if they're trying to prove that somebody did something wrong, they will use their earbuds to confirm. But also, like, this dude just straight up knocks Nate out. I know. I was like, wow, big jump from, like, you know. We've got a couple of hours in here to murder. Like, like, the thing about it is that when they were going to blow up the mine, right, he had the decency of being, like, make sure no one is there, like, tell them all to have the day off kind of thing, right? And I was like, okay, cool, like, valid. I like that at least you weren't willing to kill people about it. Like, you were willing for them to die accidentally, but at least you weren't going to do it on purpose, which is, like, a low fucking bar, I understand, but, you know. When the yeah. bar is literally already and also six I think feet he under, figures that if a civilian does die in the mine explosion, if because if somebody dies, they're going to look into it more closely and realize that the security upgrades didn't get done. Yeah, but it's also a matter of like he went really quick from being like, I just want to make sure that like everyone's safe, like because he went there to get Nate out because he yeah. knew it was going to explode, right? Even though like he has no reason to specifically outside of just being a general human being care about about Nate right specifically he was like oh I have to go and get him out of this situation the whole thing's gonna blow and then he swapped real quick from that to be like actually I'm gonna hit him so hard over the back of the head that I'm gonna break this fucking two by four in half and also did anyone check Nate for a concussion but like like he probably needs medical attention relatively quickly you know like Man's already a little bit concerning. I think that we should check him for brain damage before we allow him to continue to be in charge of high-level heists, you know? All right, lovely. Well, I had nothing else to add. Did you have anything else you'd like to talk about today? No, I think that sums it all up. All right, lovely. So how would you rate this episode out of five? Look, I... You're going to laugh at me. It was fine. This episode was fine. Like, it wasn't great. It wasn't... Yeah. Subpar. It was fine. It was an episode of Leverage. Like, it's... It's fun. There was nothing wrong with it, but it just wasn't... And after the highs of last week, I, like, I think this did solidify for me. Like, it wasn't just that I had time away from Leverage. Like, last week's episode was actually fucking banging. So, Mm. I'm going to give this one a three. There was nothing wrong with it. I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again, you know? But it just didn't hit any particular highs for me. Outside of what I would generally expect the quality of leverage to hit. I think it's a little harsh. Personally, I think I'd give it a three and a half, but... Honestly, at this point, I'm being a little harsher with my ratings, purely because I'm like, well, if I'm not, then I'm going to give everything, like, really high ratings, and then it kind of diminishes the value of, like, a higher Mm -hmm. rating. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a three. I think we had this conversation over on the Driver Picks podcast relatively recently, actually, but 
like if I'm talking about like a three out of five in a season mm-hmm. three episode, it's better than what a three out of five would have been in a season one episode. Yeah. Just by the nature of not only do I enjoy the show more now because I'm more invested in the characters and things, but also the quality of the show does improve, I think, relatively steadily mm-hmm. with every season. And I think that's actually pretty standard to almost every show. Yeah. Like, we had the same discussion about Supernatural. Like, it's it's just... The- when the actors and creators finally have a chance to settle into the show... Yeah. They're able to make higher quality work. Exactly. By the time you're a couple of seasons in, you've got a flow. You've kind of got the idea of what a general setup for an episode is going to be. Like, you know the characters better. You know their voices better. You can understand what decisions they are likely to make that keep them in character, but also fresh and interesting when that's what you're looking for. Like all of the cast feel more comfortable together the longer, you know, that it goes Mm. on. And so I think that it's just inherently the quality gets better as the seasons go. And therefore you have to kind of rate accordingly. (laughs) So I can't be like, like if I had watched this episode in season one, I probably would have given it like a four. Like, because in so comparatively to everything else in season one, I would say that this was of higher quality. Yeah. But it's just because of the growth that Mm. the show has gone through. Whereas now I'm like, okay, well, I'm ranking this against last week's episode. And last week's episode was a 4.75. So I've got to, like, scale this appropriately, Mm. you know? All right, lovely. Well, that brings me to my next question. Does this slash how does this tie into getting tomorrow? I don't know that it does. Mm. Um, The only way that I could conceivably imagine it would be to do with something to do with politics, um, like maybe the lady who was taking the bribe from the mining or the mine owner, Blackwell is his name, maybe she was also taking other dirty money, you know, like maybe that's something now that she's been displaced, you know, it leaves sort of a, a power vacuum, like maybe that's somewhere there. But honestly, this seems like kind of a smallish yeah. town. I can't imagine her having that much power outside of the immediate district. Mm. So, I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. But I think... An episode from, like, last week is going to be more likely to be somehow involved in the overarching than an episode like this week. Like I said, it feels like mostly filler. So That's okay. The next week's episode is called The Rosherman Job. Sounds German. <laughs> what do you think it's going to be about? Um, I have no idea. I've got no idea. For mm. some reason, I'm imagining dogs. I don't know if it's because Rosherman kind of reminds me of both, like, Rottweiler but also Dashhound. Mm. I, that could be it. Okay, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe it's um maybe it's an illegal dog fighting ring. Okay. That's how I'm gonna yeah. I doubt that. I wanna make it very clear. I'm kidding. But also I've got no fucking clue what else it could be. Yeah. So that's my guess. An illegal dog fighting ring. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is funny <laughs> for reasons that you do not understand. Oh. Yeah. Glad to be of service. We will revisit this. Next week? No, next week. Oh, okay. I was going to wait a minute. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a spoiler to you to tell you that you are completely fucking wrong. Uh, oh, okay. next week. But okay. you did say something that is re- weirdly, specifically, nichely relevant to an episode that we've got coming up. Ooh, fun. Completely unrelated. Okay. Like, but I believe you. Just very fun. All right, lovely. Thank you so much for joining us today for the underground job. Please join us again for next week, the Rushman job, one of my favorite episodes. I am very pumped. Ooh, okay. I'm excited. I am very excited for this one. It is an absolute delight. Ooh. 
and I'm very excited for you to see it. And so thank you so much for spending your time with us. If you want to interact with us at all on any social media platforms, feel free to find all of our links in the link tree below. Suggested conversation topics include... Your favourite of Parker's Autistic Coding. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or your favourite Nate's Ugly Tie, because we haven't had any ugly hats in mm-hmm. a while. Maybe not ugly, just stupid. Stupid? Ugly? I don't know. They're kind of stupid because they're ugly. But I think that's maybe the point. Come laugh with me in the spoilery channels about how much Dean coding Elliot has yet to achieve. Oh, this is fun. You're inviting people to talk to you about Supernatural. <laughs> I'm inviting them to talk to me about how little you know about Elliot's character. Okay, that's that's fair and valid. But thank you so much for joining us today. Please have a lovely evening, afternoon, lunch, brunch, breakfast, mid-afternoon snack. Ooh. Elevensies. Why did this become, like, overtly flirty? <laughs> Midnight, 3 a.m., literally any time of the day and or night. We hope you have enjoyed listening to us through your ear holes. <laughs> Bye. Bye. There's some unhinged energy in this last two weeks. Ooh.